everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Matt and Brett Love Comics. I'm your host, Brett White. Uh, across in the other borough, we have Matt Little by Computertron. Via Google Voice. Ooh, wow. Yeah. I'm, uh, so, so today is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and we traditionally have a big Thanksgiving dinner, and I had to stay down here and clean and get ready and cook. Uh, it takes me a very long time to uh, to prepare for dinners because uh, you know I'm a very filthy person. I do a <laughs> lot of cleaning of my body because <laughs> we are eating everything off of his body. That's what the Thanksgiving yeah. tradition is. This is like a Japanese uh, one of those like weird Japanese sushi uh, situations. Yeah, have I you? Can't make it. Nicole can't go. And next to me is Nicole Dressel. She's sitting on my couch. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, you're not going to make it? No, I, I actually can't make it, uh, aside from the eating food off your body. That's... Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know if my mind or body is more offended. I responded I, I responded appropriately on Facebook, I think. Uh, so we got, we got a one big topic uh, to talk about this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the first episode, Matt suggested that Nicole read Wonder Woman, and serendipitously... That's a word. Mm-hmm. Issue number three. <laughs> issue number three came out on Wednesday. Right. So, and it, issue number three is actually quite a controversial issue. Really? Yeah, I think. Probably. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, so, we have three issues culminating in a controversial issue to talk about. And, Nicole. Yes. Um, so, before we dive into this week's right. issue, um, as, a, as a newer comic reader sort of... Uh, Forcibly drug into it by Brett and I. Right. Um, can you tell us what you felt like your perception of the character of Wonder Woman was that's, uh, uh, before this? That's what. Oh, before this. Uh, I yeah. like. I, I think I said this to you guys as we were leaving. I just thought. I thought she was just like girl Superman. Just, you know, kind of sure. boring the same way Superman is, with the same <laughs> like all around fast, strong, uh, red, white, and blue. You know, yeah. Superman stuff. Um, and that so was really what, as far as it went. The, uh, what would what would the uh, female equivalent of Batman be then? Like uh, deep voice, lots of baggage. <laughs> deep voice, lots of baggage. Right, right. Is that? I mean, actually, appropriately, I also read Batwoman and Batgirl this week. And Are either of those the female equivalent of Batman? They, oh man, I mean, yeah, baggage. I don't know what their voices sound like though. <laughs> I would imagine that Kate Kane's voice is probably pretty deep. Yeah, I think she's fair. she's a lot more intimidating than Barbara Gordon. Yes, I would say I a lot more fair. intense. Kate Kane yeah, has I think, tattoos. I think that's definitely something you have to uh, you have to consider as a superhero. Right? Is uh, the 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 timber of your voice? Yeah, I guess that's fair. <laughs> because you could be you could be the Hulk, but if you come out and you sound like Tyson, it's yeah. Hulk smash. Probably you're probably gonna have to be the silent type. I think. Yeah, or Paul Lynn's superhero. Just right. saying. Paul Lind superhero. Yeah. So what? What would? Uh, how would Paul Lind superhero announce himself uh, when foiling a bank robbery? Uh, let me. Let me. Th- uh, okay, all you sissies, just going to put down those guns, or I'm just gonna slap you in the face. Yeah, that's I don't know. Right. I, I mean, you shit me, man. I have a gun. <laughs> I have a gun. Well, my wit's faster than your bullets. Oh God! No one. I'm going to be a clown in prison. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you got to consider that voice, yo. So Matt, what was your uh, 
thought, well, what has been your Wonder Woman experience prior to the Brian Azzarello, Cliff Chiang run? Well, like I kind of said before about a lot of the DC heroes, I really like the concept of a lot of them, but never necessarily the execution. And Wonder Woman certainly falls into that category for me. I always felt like it could be the kind of character... Basically, I'll spoil this and say that Brian Azzarello is writing the version of the character that I always kind of felt like it could be in my own head. Yeah. What does that mean? But I think that before this, there were a lot of people that didn't... There were a lot of cooks in the kitchen, it always felt like, in terms of characterizing... Wonder Woman. Yeah. A lot of people saying she should be this way and then immediately saying, no, she should be this way. And there was no real definitive take on her. And honestly, I think a lot of that, uh, the problem with that is it was a lot of men writing her that, you know, didn't write women necessarily that well. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, not, you know, I'm not saying that every single appearance she had, and, and there were certainly good runs with her, uh, but I, I think overall, like the George Perez stuff in the in the late '80s, I thought was great, and uh, some of the some of the Mesner Loeb stuff in the early '90s was uh, was interesting. But I just um, this was supposed to be a powerful character, right? This is supposed yeah. to be some type of of regal princess, this strong princess that comes into the world, and no one really. They either wrote her as like an insufferable bitch or they completely betrayed sort of that core value of hers. Or they and or I, they depowered her and put her in a jacket. Sure. I, and, and, you know, even going into that, I can sort of see the, the thought process behind depowering her and throwing her in, you know, uh, Rogue's 90s uh, X-Men yeah. flight jacket. But uh, she should be reading a copy of Chris Claremont's Grounded in every issue when she wears that. Um, because, you know, then you then you have to deal with her personality, but I still didn't think they dealt with her personality that well because yeah. it seemed like most of the time uh, was spent during the Odyssey, most of her time was spent going, whoa, why is this this way? <laughs> <laughs> um, just, in know, that voice, what is happening? <laughs> which is the which is the, another awful superhero voice. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's uh, that's Don Knotts. I guess that's Don Knotts superhero. I don't know. Don Knotts as Spider Man. <laughs> Why are there webs coming out of my wrists? <laughs> oh man, I think yeah, we gotta we gotta mine that for comedy gold later on. I'm liking yeah. this premise, Don Knotts Spider Man. Yeah, but long story, long story longer than it needed to be. I thought that it was a character that had a lot of potential but never really for me realized and i think right now they're they're nailing it on the head what yeah. about you uh mine is a combo of like nicole's opinion is pizza hut and yours is taco bell and i'm the combination pizza hut taco bell <laughs> right sure right pizza hut hasn't spoken yet <laughs> oh 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 no but you of, of what oh, you considered before yeah, yeah your old-timey yeah, yeah. opinion yeah then pizza uh, hut has delivered yeah bam <laughs> I'm putting on my coat and going home. <laughs> um, uh, I think at some point I actually did think, isn't she just the female Superman? Because their color schemes are the same and their hair is the same color. Like, which is a dumb 
assumption to make, but it does, it's obvious. It's That's not like a obvious superhero that. racist. Yes, I am. I'm a hair and I'm a. It's all based on colors. Aren't they? Aren't they related? Are they not related? No, not at all. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. That oh. Was a racism joke. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Um, you guys all know each other, right? <laughs> uh, but I. I have never read a Wonder Woman comic. That like these are my first ones. Oh uh, really? Yeah, and so I didn't even know what her character was supposed to be. Um, reading these three issues, I legitimately thought that I was like, "Why is Azarella stuffing all this Greek myth into this? Jeez, what well, that doesn't make any sense." And then I read like, "Oh wait, no, that's that's always been her origin." <laughs> I didn't even know yeah. that. Like, so I'm. A total newbie who's never really had a grasp on who Wonder Woman is, much like how you said writers have had uh, fleeting grasps of who she is. Um, so, uh, should we dive into what we think of these three issues? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll, do you want to start, Nicole? All right. Are you, all right. So yes. So, jumping off point. Start the jumping off point. Um, Matt, I don't remember if you mentioned this on the podcast yet or if you said it earlier, but I do love every character. Um, and that's yeah. kind of, and I, when so many of the characters are female, for so many of them to also be really rich and interesting in really different ways is kind of a gift. Yeah. Um, and kind of amazing. And one yeah. of the biggest things that I noticed in the first two issues is that you don't get a lot from Wonder Woman. You're seeing her a lot. You're not hearing from her a lot. Um, and I think that does a lot to really emphasize that she's kind of like powerful there to do her job, super committed, and kind of stoic, and has her act together. Yeah. We're not getting, like, there's yeah, you no... Get of, you, get, you get a lot of sense of, of who this character is now yeah. through the uh, supporting character's yep. reactions to her. Exactly. And I think that does a lot to kind of let them build Wonder Woman slowly. Like, I think they knew who she was from issue one... But if they had hit us over the head with it or had, like, some long, serious conversation with Wonder Woman or, God forbid, done um, internal monologues, <laughs> then I think, um, I, think the, I think the balance would have been upset. And I think this is yeah. the best way to present the, the Wonder Woman they wanted to write. Yeah, like, if you're looking at the first issue, Wonder Woman doesn't even show up until halfway right. through the first issue. And then, like, she doesn't even... There aren't, there aren't even really that many word balloons. There's a lot of, like, narration of the villain... Mm-hmm. Uh, who is it? Is it Hermes the villain? Hades? It's a bad guy. It's a Greek bad guy. Well, in the in the first issue, technically the uh, the villain is Hermes. Yeah. Um, um, he's the uh, the winged. Yes. And it's it all it also avoids the trope of that I think Nicole hates, like the just getting the suit trope yeah. that like you know like Spider-Man 2 or like Iron Man 1 where she's like I don't want to be a superhero I don't want to do this but instead we get uh, Wonder Woman you know grabbing a horse around the neck and bringing it down with her legs. I mean the <laughs> first time we see Wonder Woman she's in bed I, and I assume she sleeps nude and then within two pages she's literally suiting up. Yeah. <laughs> she's just yeah. like oh is there somewhere I should go? Okay. Let's no do questions. Well, you know, and that's what's fun about that too is just that's sort of that idea of yes and. Yeah. You know? Like, you're a superhero. Yes, I'm a superhero, and I'm going to suit up right now. And I'm going to actually and take I'm action. And I'm going to grab a horse by the neck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, like, it, the, after the first issue, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm reading Wonder Woman now <laughs> because right. I'd never had before, and I never thought I could like Wonder Woman. Uh, 
and I thought it was amazing. Um, what Nicole? What do you think of the girl, the woman that she's saving? The woman that she's saving is terrible, but I don't. I actually just chalk that up to the fact that any in any comic book that features predominantly non-mortal characters, the mortal is always a wet blanket. He or she is always like, well, I don't know what's going on. I guess I'll just follow and I'll bring my issues with me. (laughs) I'm just going to complain a lot and be overwhelmed and I'll probably unwittingly cause trouble. (laughs) So that's, I think that's standard and I'm kind of fine with it. Okay. (laughs) I I liked, I liked Zola. I thought that, uh, I thought she was a good entryway into this, you know, there's a lot that you have to buy in terms of accepting what's happening in this Wonder Woman book. And I thought she was a good sort of reader's guide yeah. into this world. And I like that she's, you know, she it's she's not, like, especially in issue three when she tries to chime in. Oh, yeah. Uh, when she tries to chime into the whole argument with uh, with Diana and Hermes and, uh, and um, oh, good Lord. I'm flipping to it. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Strife. Uh, Strife. Greek Strife. God. Yes. Strife. Uh, I think what is interesting, we were talking about how Wonder Woman isn't... She's She knows who she is. She's very confident. Um, she's very sure of herself, and she's presented that way for the first two issues. And then we get to issue three, yes. and we get to see the first evidence of her... Uh, her origin being questioned, her true origin being right. revealed, and we get to first see that crack in her demeanor. But I think what I like about it is, like, she's presented with this news that actually upsets her, and she does get very emotional. Like, you know, you lied to me, why did you do this? But then on the fucking last page, she punches the bitchy Amazon in the face, right. the one who's like, I'm mean, and then grabs that torch and then just fucking says, like, I am Wonder Woman. Like, she only had... Maybe, like, three pages of self-doubt and, and like, confusion. If even that, it's, like, basically she listens to the story, and then there's, like, three panels of her getting ready to yell at Hippolyta. And then she's like, you know what? You don't get it. I'm not going to bother. If you don't get it, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot. Everyone's an idiot. I'm done. And walks out. Yeah. It's pretty great. Walks out. Do you feel like you want to do that all the time? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. You're an Um, idiot. We're all idiots. I'm out. Everyone's an idiot. Um, yeah, three was, I mean, I felt like three did do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of there was a point they wanted to get Wonder Woman 2 at the end of the issue. And it was, it was cool. Um, and I loved it, but it did feel, I did have to go back and reread afterwards because I was like, who the what? Yeah. Why the, where, how, why are there so many nicknames? Yeah. Um, I, also the yeah. whole made from clay thing was another thing I was like, oh, so they're just making, this is all like a new thing, right? Oh, is it? No, it's not. Oh, right? Okay. This no, is, no, that's that's part of her origin. Yeah. Okay. Which is the big controversy right now, I think, is that people, uh, on the one hand, they're like, should you change such so a fundamental part of the origin, which is that she was made from clay. And the other one is, how much of a feminist icon is she if she was still sired by a man? Because I think one of the things that feminists are like, or that comic book nerds have claimed that feminists have claimed, <laughs> ding, ding, is, ding. Yeah, is that... You know, Wonder Woman was made from clay. She was, you know, she's all woman. There's no man in her. So she's the ultimate feminist. Um, yeah. What do we think of that? There's a, ta- there's a part of me, Some I know this isn't fair, but there's a part of me sometimes where I really wish, it feels like whenever men write about 
feminists or group of feminists. Basically, whenever anyone in comic books has taken on Amazons directly, <laughs> and I'm looking at you, why the last man? There's a part of me that's like, have you ever, have you ever met somebody who's actually a feminist before? Because they always sound irrational and man-hating, and yeah. I don't. I think there's, uh, I think there's some legitimate points in there. Burning sperm banks. Well, that's yeah, because, exactly. You know, feminists are irrational and man-hating. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Herb, is that you, Herb? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. If there's two things I know, right? It's one that feminists are rational and man-hating, and that two, Wonder Woman shouldn't be wearing pants. Yeah, less less underwears for Wonder Woman's, right? Because it's more empowering. <laughs> Come on, more like Underwoman. And Nicole's leaving. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. So, uh, what do Matt? What do you think about this? Reshifting of Wonder Woman's origin. Um, I uh, I gotta be honest, I'm kind of surprised by it. It felt like a swerve, and I trust I trust Brian Azzarello to turn it into a, a great motivation for the character. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I don't see why it was needed. Um, and it may, and who knows, maybe it turns out to be some type of mental ruse. Yeah. But I, uh, I do have, I sort of mixed feelings about it. I mean, on one hand, I like, I, I always like the idea of throwing any type of weird monkey wrench at a good character and seeing how it reacts to it. But I also think that fundamentally changing the origin of a character immediately after we're sort of introduced to the character yeah. creates sort of a, a a shaky foundation. That's interesting. That makes sense. I yeah. mean, we're really just sort of introduced to the concept of Wonder Woman for, you know, 40 pages before we're told that what we were just told is not how everything went down. Yeah. Because, like, for a new reader like me, I, who knew, who knew nothing about Wonder Woman, I thought all the clay stuff, I was like, oh, this is a weird twist on an origin, even though that has always been her origin. I didn't know that. Uh, and then yeah. immediately I was told, oh, wait, no, it's all this Greek myth stuff, to which I was again like, why are you bringing all this Greek myth stuff into this? Which, again, has always been there. I just didn't know. Um, yeah. But also, coming at it from a new perspective, I feel like, as a new reader, looking at these two origins parallel objectively, I like the Zeus one more, because, from my own perspective, it makes Wonder Woman more relatable, because harder to relate to a woman who is made of clay, like, is she a clay monster? Like, that, I know it's, like, very, like, Greek myth and magical and stuff, but it's weird, it's... It's weirder. It seems harder for me to relate to a character that was made of clay. It sort of detaches uh, the humanity of yeah. the character. And also the same with, uh, her mother is Hippolyta, right? Am I even saying that anywhere close? Fine. Hippo. I'll call her Hippo. Uh, and in terms of that, like, before we had, I don't know how she's been presented for the last 70 years, but it feels like it could have easily been like, oh, I'm a lonely old woman, and then I made a, you know, a woman out of clay, and now I have a daughter. Instead, we're presented with this amazing, I think, sequence showing, like, super strong warrior hippo, Hippolyta, uh, having 
Is it Hippolyta or Hippolyta? Hippolyta. It's absolutely Hippolyta. Whatever. You can correct me. Uh, I thought Polaris was Polaris for a long time. Um, but I, I like that we get this origin of Hippolyta, like, fighting Zeus, the king of all gods, on equal ground, and both of them equally consenting and, like, taking sexual advantage of each other. Is that what it was? Yeah, I, I thought, like, they they seemed to be on, to me, like, equal ground fighting-wise. Yeah, they definitely were. And then in the sack, I mean, I, I, that just, to me, like, carried through in the sack as well. Yes. Like, I, I, I relate more to a Hippolyta who is a strong woman who... Does not give up ground in bed. Is yes. that how you identify, yes. Brett? Uh, yeah. <laughs> then, well, then, I... yeah. <laughs> Weird points. Weird points. See, I love the origin switch. Um, as somebody who's really no familiarity with Wonder Woman beforehand, I bought the clay thing for two issues. I feel like I get who Wonder Woman is. And now, and maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I think I think this arc is going to be about her dealing with finding out that her origins are different. Yeah. Dealing with the fact that she thought yeah. that she was... Very specifically from one strong woman who she trusted and was kind of an outsider in this group of Amazons, but still believed in the community, felt a part of the community. And now she's found out that she is from the messed up family line that is Zeus and she's not above it. And she it's it's a part of her. Yeah. And she's going to have to deal with that. And I love that idea. And I especially love that idea. Um Blah 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 feminism because I think it's I don't it's less like oh she didn't think that she had any man blood in her and yeah. it's more like okay she had this super clean um easy origin story and now it actually turn turns out that she's from this like messed up weird you know Hippolyta yeah. seemed to like the night that she spent with Zeus <laughs> but now she's a part of the uh crazy mixed up world sex world of yeah, these you know, that's actually yeah. that's actually a really good point nicole um and i didn't think about it that way it does sort of turn it more into like we have we have the really nice upstanding family that's done everything right right and it turns out that my mom banged the dirt bag down exactly. the street yeah. exactly and that's who my dad is uh how? The dirt bag with the dreads. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> now, Which blood with the blonde dreads? She like, she oh, bad idea. The guy that owns the medicinal marijuana apothecary. Yeah. Or who works at Cat's Music next to the college. <laughs> and wears fur. Like, just like a bad idea. Yeah. Like, such a bad idea. Uh, but at least he wasn't. As I fun. saw him in the woods, sword glistening drug rug snug against his chest. <laughs> it's a, I also, I didn't really look, I mean, the, the art is beautiful, but I didn't really look at it, but, like, the battle starts in the water, and then they're in snow, and then it's a forest in spring, and then it's autumn. Like, they fought for, like, a real long time. All over the place. They did. That's crazy. And then they, but they only had sex in one bed, so what's up with that? I guess that's true. They should have had sex in the snow. But if you'll notice, it's clearly crazy sex because they're facing the foot of the bed. Like, <laughs> like they got cray cray. Yeah. Um, and the yeah, windows the are open. The, the window is open, the curtains are blowing in, and uh, and they're on the wrong side of the bed. There's right. no sheets. Yeah. There's no sheets. Now, how are other Amazons born? Like, where are all the men in this society? My guess, and this is having only having read Herland, um, is that I think it's just usually spontaneous pregnancy. Like, women give birth to other women. And I think that's what was wrong with Hippolyta. She just wasn't doing it. Oh. 
that's my uh, that's my guess, and I don't know how much they go into that during issue two. Or if I'll that's actually, ever instead you guys talk and I'll look it up. Been ish, been uh, like a bunch of uh, what's that? I don't know if that has that ever been addressed in the seventy years of Wonder Woman's existence, like how these Amazons get more Amazons. I don't even know. You know know. what? I don't know. I'm sure that's totally been brought up before, but to my knowledge, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, I'm really excited about the rest of this arc, or the rest of this series. Because, like, this feels... This feels special. Like, this feels like something that is going to be remembered for a long time. Right. Uh, Whereas, like, other DC New 52 books (laughs) seem like, oh, okay, you gotta... You got a cool writer on this book, sure. And then they're gone in like two issues. Like, this really feels like Azarello really cares. And it's weird coming from Azarello, who is kind of, I feel like, more outspoken, not interested in superheroes. Like, he yeah. likes his crime noir books. The only superhero he's really written, he's written Batman and Superman. Um, I don't know if he's written other things. So it just it, so that that initial pairing was like oh Brian a hundred bullets Azarello is going to be writing Wonder Woman what is this going to be like uh, and I'm pleasantly well, I surprised. I always liked I always thought that he did a good job with uh, you know writing strong female leads like even in a hundred bullets he he does I mean if you've ever read a hundred bullets he writes flawed characters really well yeah um, which is why I also have hope for where this is going next because this does throw a wrench at Wonder Woman and uh, and he does a really good job of digging deep and not shying away from how things like this can get really complicated. Yeah. Um, he does a really good job of balancing those uh, sort of things in his stories. Yeah. Can I say it's, to me, it was kind of a letdown because it feels like the whole issue builds towards that last page where Wonder Woman lights all the dead Amazons on fire and then walks away, and it's just the bubble that says, I am Wonder Woman. And it's such a bummer because Wonder Woman is such a terrible name. Yeah. (laughs) Like, every other name that she has is kind of cool and badass. And then you know that, like, they drew the panel and they got to it and they knew the moment, and then they were like, oh, we have to write Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, there's just no... (laughs) I I almost wish, like, for that panel they'd let... They borrowed Batman. Because, like, that works. Yeah, I am Batman. And then explained it in the next issue. Like, I misspoke. I meant I'm Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's... That is the next key that I want Brian Azarel to address is... Why did she do this? Like, why did she... When did this Wonder Woman go to the main world... Right. And decide, I'm gonna be Wonder Woman, and then drape myself in the flag of another country? Because it isn't overtly American, but anytime I see white stars on blue... Right. ...with red... Right. It's like, you're... It seems pretty American. And it's definitely not the colors the other Amazons are wearing. Yeah. So I want... I do want to know... Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why is she Wonder Woman? Yeah, that's a good. That's As, an excellent well, question. Yeah. Interestingly enough, too, I think that kind of uh, that also leads to her other appearance from this week, Justice yeah. League number three, which was amazing. Oh, oh god. Which uh, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, Nicole, I didn't know until this week when it came out uh, how integral she was going to be in that mm-hmm. issue, or I would yeah. have uh, mentioned it to you that should you should have picked that up or checked it out as well. Um, because it's a different take on her because it happens years before this. where we are in the Wonder Woman oh, okay. series. Yeah, because Justice League takes but, place five years before uh, all... Is it five years or like just like a year? It's I some... Five. Yeah, undetermined time. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, it was it was interesting because the way Jeff Johns is presenting her over there earlier in it. First off, we see her uh, walking through the wall, literally, of uh, her United States embassy. Um, look, yeah. I don't know where she is. Was that like the? It wasn't the White House. I think it was like an embassy in Washington, right? Yeah, it's all in um, Washington. But yeah, so so she walk, literally walks through the wall, and the way Jeff Johns writes her is sort of like uh, uh, almost like a female uh, Thor, a female Thor, yeah. from the movie. Yep, it felt a lot like the Thor movie when she was very yeah. enamored with ice cream and was complimenting yeah. the ice cream vendor of like, "You have amazing ice cream." Um, but I liked. I thought it was fun. I liked the confidence that she, that the character still had. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, she's as I capable can see what as the character could get from there to here. Yeah, she's incredibly capable the entire time. Um, I will say that see, like going from Cliff Chiang, his Wonder Woman to Jim Lee's Wonder Woman, the costume looks infinitely more sexualized when drawn by Jim Lee. Um, oh, totally. Like I don't know, like Cliff Chiang, she looks fuller. Uh, she just looks like she looks like she could physically harm people like she's not well, you know she's not muscular but she's like built she, she looks like a softball player you she looks like she looks like a softball, softball player <laughs> you could say that cliff chang draws her cliff chang draws her with uh with a strong upper body yeah uh if you take a look at how he draws her he draws her with like uh broad shoulders yeah and almost a v-shape going down to her waist and it's a much more toned yeah muscular it's like uh it's what it's kind of like what madonna looks like now right yeah also, uh, but she uh, Cliff Chiang never draws her with cleavage. That's exact. I was just gonna say she never like, has cleavage. I just noticed boobs. that. The big thing is boobs. Uh, whereas Jim Lee, it's, it's the, well, I think it's the boobs and it's also her hips. The way Jim Lee draws her with these yeah. large sexualized hips and ass. Yeah. Um, and 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 <laughs> you know that uh, that that breast line she certainly decided that it would be more fun years ago to wear a much tinier shirt yeah <laughs> but you know no sense. Uh, Jim Lee has made his money doing this so you know I'm not expecting anything else and yeah to be the fair, man's Jim kind Lee of a master draws hobo sexy yeah <laughs> so and compared to other um, sexualized artists Jim Lee is on the tamer end of the spectrum like if we had Greg yeah. land drawing Wonder Woman, she would be making porn mouth the entire time. Oh, she would have licked the end of that torch. Oh, God. And it, like, most of the panel, most of that last panel would have been a close-up of her mouth yep. licking the torch slowly, saying, oh. I am Wonder Woman. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, Wonder Woman, your mouth is on fire. <laughs> like, no. it's, oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Next issue. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so I, uh, so Wonder Woman is pretty amazing, uh, and I think we can maybe look at the other side of the street with Marvel's female representation, because the news came down this week that they have canceled, they've been canceling a bunch of books. Uh, the two of them that they've canceled are X-23 and Ghost Rider, starring the new Lady Ghost Rider, which is indicative of another problem that Marvel has, I feel. Uh, but they've now canceled their only two books with female leads. Whereas comparatively, DC has Voodoo, Batgirl, Batwoman, Supergirl, mm -hmm. Wonder Woman. That's five. And I might even now, be missing one or two. 
Now, I will say this. I, I'll say this in defense of Marvel. Uh, Marvel versus DC, I think it's a little unfair to compare them right now because DC's still in the midst of a line-wide relaunch, and yes. we don't know... We still haven't seen what the first cancellation is going to be or what yeah. what is going to fall below the interest of what readers want. Um, and X-23 was around for... 22 I mean, issues? she's been in front of a series in one way or another for several years oh, now. Oh, a long time, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I do, I, I do think it sucks. Um, I think, I think it's a shame, and I think it's disappointing. I, I don't know. I don't want to like wag my <laughs> wag my liberal political finger at the industry, uh, you know, that is primarily targeted towards teenage boys. But uh, I, I, I am sad that. We don't have a lot of strong female leads over at Marvel right now. Yeah, and when you look at DC's history, like, they've kind of always had, at least, like, the last ten years, always had a Supergirl book, a Batgirl book, um, and a Wonder Woman book. Like, they've all, they've had three consistently for a long time, whereas, like, Marvel had Miss Marvel for 50 issues. They had nine issues of Spider-Woman. They had a She-Hulk series running for a long time. Uh... But like right now, it's like it's kind of just getting smaller and smaller. Um, well, let's go back. Let's go back and review. You you had mentioned uh, Supergirl, and what were the other ones you had mentioned? The ones out now uh, from DC. Yeah, Batgirl, Batwoman, Voodoo, and Wonder Woman. Okay, so here to me is why I think that books like Supergirl and Batgirl worked as well as they did for as long as they did, and that's because when DC was approaching those books and those characters. Um, at least from the representations that I had read from like Peter David's run on Supergirl. I'm not yeah. going to dis- I never really read Jeff Loeb's run or anything up until recently, but the Peter David Supergirl, those type of things were vi- written very much in that 60s Marvel style of interpersonal drama and rich characterization much more so than a lot of the female leads have been written at Marvel in the last several years. Like, you look at Miss Marvel, yeah, and a lot of it was just about, you know, uh, a, a woman in a costume blasting things, right? Yeah, yeah. yep, pretty much. Uh, there wasn't a lot of that, uh, there wasn't a lot of that I- I- interpersonal drama, and I think that, I don't know, for me, a lot of times, female characters really excel in uh, in those type of character dramas. For me, at least. Yeah. Um, Nicole, I hope that uh, that that's not offensive. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if it was, but I couldn't come up with a good reason for it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I guess, I guess, any time a male voice is saying something about women, that's what my brain is doing. Yeah. Can I be? Can I be annoyed? Oh, sure. Can I be annoyed? Should I be annoyed? Ugh. Well, no. It's the same thing. Anytime anyone who's straight says anything about a gay person. I, which is why I went on my huge Jesse Thorne is a homophobe tirade. Oh, good. A couple months ago, I was I was really afraid that your Jesse Thorne uh, <laughs> rivalry wasn't going to carry over here. Yeah, yeah, guys. I don't listen to his podcast anymore, and he does not even know that there is a person <laughs> that exists with the with the names Brett and White together. So, <laughs> whatever. Um, well, I think one of the big problems that I have also with Marvel is like, can anyone name a Marvel female hero? who is not, like, foremost part of a team and also not an analog of a male character because 
Yeah. There are none. Like, they're all either members of the X-Men, and that's where you get your strong original characters like Storm and Rogue and Jean Grey. Right. And Emma Frost and Kitty Pryde. <laughs> um, and then everywhere else is like Spider-Woman, She-Hulk. Miss Marvel is the female analog of Captain Marvel. Um, what, like... I like, uh... Well, I'll tell you, and it sucks that she's not... I'm starting to feel like I would read a Christos Gage Tiger book. Oh, yeah. What do you think of Tigra, Nicole, after reading one and a half issues of Avengers Academy? She's not in the first one that I read. Okay. <laughs> and then she stands uh, on the uh, balcony and listens to that fast guy criticize Hank Pym yep. about <laughs> So you're on so board. she's cool. <laughs> um, I like that she looks like a cat. Yeah. So I feel like that's... I mean, it's like DC has the same problem. Because, you know, you have Batgirl, yeah. Batwoman, Supergirl. Right. Right. All, yeah. But they also do have <laughs> Wonder Woman, who is not a female Superman, like we both thought at uh, one assumed, point. Assumed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what's interesting, too, and, and I gotta, going back to Wonder Woman briefly, it, it to their credit, um, you know, it's amazing that they have done what they have done with a character that was essentially designed as a fetish piece for yeah. a guy's mistress. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, tell Nicole about the origin of Wonder Woman. <laughs> what? Oh. So, uh, so the guy that created Wonder Woman, he was a psychologist in the 30s, and he, uh, he had some weird, well, he had some interesting sexual peccadillos. He had wives, for one thing. He had multiple well, he wives. Well, he was into, he was into, uh, he and his uh, wife were like into sharing their bodies with other lovers and uh, and a lot of bondage and stuff like that. And no judgment. He actually took up with his nineteen-year-old secretary. I believe uh, she was very young, uh, late teens, early twenties. She should have been. And in the character model of Wonder Woman was based on her. Wow. And it was sort of this uh, love letter to this young woman that he was sleeping with, that he created this character. Well, that's not terrible. And, uh, and that's where it came from. I thought but, it was going to be way worse No, but that. also, in the early, in the, those, like, early 40s issues of Wonder Woman, in every single issue, like, I feel like the reason she has a lasso is because she did get tied up and spanked. Oh, that's... There was a lot of... That's a different yeah, that's, thing. I'm sorry, I guess I should have, uh... <laughs> Brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> the gross thing. Bring up the gross thing. It's not gross. The, the it's sexual... not necessarily gross. Okay. <laughs> if it's between two consenting people and both are comfortable, nothing is gross. I think we need to say that. That said, that's creepy. It's just <laughs> a comic book that is... I Well, I guess it's not creepy. It's just I think of comic books as, at, at least in the 30s and 40s, something that was targeted towards kids. Yeah. And then well, to have that, something that's, yeah. like, actually secretly sexual is, to me, a little bit like, oh, you should have just self-published and kept it at home, maybe. Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> secret it was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of, there was a lot of women tied up in distress and a lot of, uh, a lot of guys being like, so, you'll do what you're told, woman. Yeah. And then, of course, well, then Wonder Woman winding up breaking out and just beating the living hell out of them. I think what's maybe not necessarily <laughs> gross but odd is that and I agree about consenting adults, but this was something that was published for right. 
hundreds of thousands, possibly millions of people to right, read yeah. Definitely was what he wanted to do with this woman. Right, yeah. yes, and that <laughs> I agree with. Yeah. Like, that's like, hey, everybody, huh? Huh? And there's also something weird about kids reading his spank material and not knowing that it is, like, fetishy and sexy. Like, kids just, like, reading this book every month, like, oh, Wonder Woman got tied up again. That's cool. And it's like, oh, no, kids. No, okay. Yeah. It's just weird. Let's go out and play Wonder Woman. It's like when your kid finds your, like, sex toys and is like, what's this, mommy? That never, that happens, right? That, that didn't happen to me. Mm, I think we found an origin for your Paul Lynn superhero. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. We all agree that his sidekick is Charles Nelson Riley, right? Oh, yeah. See, I'm a bigger Charles Nelson Riley fan, but yeah, I fair. will concede that Paul Lynn is more popular. Yeah. Uh, maybe Charles Nelson Riley is like his oracle. Like his his handler, like, his, like, person in the headquarters, oh, like, yeah. you know. That works for me. So what would, so how would, how would Charles Nelson Oracle deliver information? Oh, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, got, wait, hold on, These, they're the exact same voice, but the only difference they're is you're, is you're wiggling your glasses. You need to do, do the glasses while you're doing it, and yeah. you'll be able to. <laughs> which, which you can't pick up on the, hall. Oh, oh, wait, that's a lot more, hall. right, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> You got two creepy dudes coming up your backside, Paul. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice slacks. We should do it as a radio play, and then people would just listen and be like, I don't know which one is talking. Yeah. I don't know that... who's telling who what. <laughs> yeah, I had a sketch idea show for the Charles Nelson Riley talk show with Paul Lind as his sidekick and mm-hmm. French Schneider of the Beefy Tattoos as the band leader. <laughs> I still think it should be a radio play. And it would just be the exact same voice right. for all three of them. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so, Fred... So we're building a very rich, oh, very definitely. deep Justice yeah. League here. I think Fred Schneider is the sidekick to Paul End. Because he's like the young whippersnapper, especially if we're yeah, setting fair. it in yeah, like 79. Fair. Right. Although Paul End might yep. have been... No, he died in the early 80s. From snorting too many nasal sexual stimulants. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, guys. Oh, really... You know, yeah, I think... Uh... <laughs> I think that uh, Fred Schneider. I think Fred Schneider does work as a as a sidekick. He would be sort of the Robin that would punch someone in the face and be like, "You just got yeah. clock lobstered." <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> going back to Marvel. Sadly, um, they. They've tried to launch, like, lady books before. Like, Rogue had a 12-issue mm-hmm. ongoing that canceled after 12 issues, and, like, I don't know why. Like, why can't they Why can't they launch it? Nicole, what keeps women from reading women books? Nothing. I mean, there... Uh, yeah, I don't think there is anything keeping women from reading women books. Um, I think it's. I think it's just that it's hard to get adults interested in comic books. You know what? Okay, maybe here's the secret. Um, uh, uh, Draw younger women in. Draw female kids in. Because I think in general, it's hard for an adult to get into comic books if you didn't love it when you were a kid. Yeah. And little boy kid. I don't know, what do you call them? Boys, I guess? Just call them boys. I'm going to stop putting... You know, that's that's been a debate for for (laughs) millennia. I keep putting little in front of it unnecessarily, and that sounds creepy. Yeah, but You can't put little in front of boy or girl and not sound like a real weirdo. You would call me and Matt 
boys. I would call you boys. As well. I might call you guys. I might do you the, the credit of calling you guys. But when would you ever call us men? Never. <laughs> well, no. No, wait. Wait. I shouldn't say never. I don't know. Maybe never. Um, I feel like I would say lady over woman. Is that demeaning? No, I think, because we definitely do it to each other. Yeah. I definitely am more likely, something about referring to someone as a woman or referring to, like, women's issues makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm way more likely to try to adorableize it to not seem like I'm being annoying or being uppity and yeah. say, like, lady stuff. Yeah. As opposed to saying women's issues. Lady's a fun word to say. It is, but it's also, it is a little bit, um... What word do I mean instead of... I don't mean demeaning, but I mean something between demeaning and adorableizing. Sassy. <laughs> no. No. Um, um, well, you know, it's, it, it's interesting, too. I think it's a whole sort of cultural thing, uh, which I th I've thought about this a lot, too, because I've noticed that people are calling men boys and women girls at even older and older ages. Yeah. And, like, if you would have walked up to Clark Gable and called him oh, yeah. a boy... yeah. He probably would have punched your dick back through your butthole. Right, yeah. right. But he's also but undeniably you, a man. But you also wouldn't call George Clooney a boy. No. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think you might say that he is one of the boys. Oh, that's true. And like you, wouldn't, you probably wouldn't way. call Clark Gable one of the boys. Maybe not. Um, but anyway, going back, here's actually something that I'm unpacking from our conversation. Why do we assume that in order for there to be successful female-driven comic books, women have to be reading comic books? Yeah. What the fuck is your baggage yeah. that guys aren't picking up comic books that have women as leads? Yeah. Yeah. Why, do we, why do we have to carry each other? Why well, does it have to be a women's issue to have women on the cover of comic books? I would almost like Nicole to go back and read all of these women comics, or like like She-Hulk from the from the right. 90s, and to, just to see, like, compared to Brian Azzarello, who we, I think we all agree is doing it right. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, absolutely, no question. Ha, like, and this is working, did the Miss Marvel series do it right? Like, I think men are interested in reading a book like Wonder Woman, where it's a woman who is, like, an indiv a strong individual first, right. almost, and well, a woman second. Yes. Like, whereas... Start writing comic books that have really good characters. I don't mean that happen to be female. Yeah. But because, like, Wonder Woman, it's not just that Wonder Woman happens to be female. They'll de they're dealing with issues of femininity and issues of female power within Wonder Woman. But they're not just writing the girl version of something. Yeah. Or writing yeah. what they assume women want to read. They're yeah. just writing good stuff about women. Yeah. Uh, one thing I didn't even notice until you said it was even saying that, like, well, like, with a cast as female-heavy as Wonder Woman, and my initial thought was like, oh, well, that's not true. And then I thought, wait a second, yeah. there's only one, like, guy who's been in all three issues, and then, yep. like, Zeus. Um, and that's something that I did not even notice, and I feel like that's been something that's been brought up a lot recently, especially on Tumblr, is, like, when you go to see movies... And all movies are, like, 90% men, and right. three, there's, like, three women in a movie, and guys are like, oh, well, there's a bunch of women in that movie. Right. There were three of them. Right. When it's like, well, there were, like, 15 guys. And that, you right. Know. And that's the big thing, is when we talk about, like, well, how do you get strong female characters, and how do you write female characters that aren't constantly worried about falling into this stereotype or that trap? And it's like, well, just write a lot. Write yeah. so many that you can't, that each one doesn't feel precious. Because nobody, there are plenty of shitty white male characters yes. in comic books, in movies, and TV shows, but there are so many that nobody cares about the shitty ones. 
It's when there are so few that it becomes frustrating. Yeah. What was that Joss Whedon quote? Uh, yeah. Why do I Why do I write strong female leads? Right. Because what? you still ask me that question. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And yeah, and, and and I think that's I think that's fair. And you know, I think part of the reason everyone wants to be like, oh, women read comics. Women read comics. I think it's in part vindication. I think is what yeah. it is. I think a lot of people want to be vindicated. Uh, for their choice of reading superhero comics, yeah, uh, and they want to be like, see, women will read it, so so it's okay for me to do it. Like it's not. Oh okay right, 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 right. It's yeah. not a boys' club. Girls read it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah. There's a reason why the Mary Sue exists. Yeah. Um, the Mary Sue. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh no. 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 And sorry. Not the Mary. I meant the Mary Sue. The blog. Not the Mary Sue. The um, the concept. It's a oh, blog okay. that's spe- oh. it's a it's a blog that's specifically geared towards girl nerd stuff. Not because girl nerds like different things, but because it's nice to go somewhere and not feel ostracized. Yeah, it's that. I mean, exactly. it's that women's college thing of like you can go and you can finally not feel like other. Yeah, as you, opposed to it being about women's stuff constantly. Get the weird nerd glares. Right. At yeah. Or or read articles that just kind of take a certain level of misogyny for granted. Yeah. And aren't really aware of it. Yeah. Um, compared to Batgirl and Batwoman, where does Wonder Woman stand up? Or, or stand? In terms of, like, everything. What do you mean? In the last... in Of the of three issues read, that have come yeah. out? Oh, Wonder Woman's heads and tails above. Yeah. Um, I liked Batgirl, and I liked Batwoman. Batgirl, the, the internal monologue really bothers me. Because there's a part of that's... And it's the same when we were talking about Anita Blake is I just want to feel like the story is getting started. I don't want a constant running commentary. I want to see her and not necessarily be inside her constantly. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a deliberate choice, and I understand the identif- the choice to make your character somebody you identify with so strongly because you're constantly in her head. I just find the running commentary almost exhausting. <laughs> um, and Batwoman is good. I just didn't love it as much. And I think it might have been because I had just finished Batgirl and I was a little bit in overload. Yeah. There's um, a lot of bats. I do. This is so terrible. But like, I am super duper creeped out by how pale Batwoman is. <laughs> like super creeped out. And I know that's like her thing, but, and I don't want to be all like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I think that's fair. You, you can't listen to Florence and the machine either because you're creeped She's, out. Yeah. Too pale. How pale Florence is. Too pale. <laughs> um, yeah, we, I think it, I think it's because she looks like she's still in costume when she's not yeah. in uniform. And like, why? Like, everyone has to know she's Batwoman because there's only like she's exactly so the pale. same pale. But she, also, does she put on a wig when she goes yes. out? As I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, she just does. because, oh, like, she looks great, but wigs are not practical. <laughs> <No>. Like, <laughs> like we're talking a lot about like too much cleavage when fighting. Like, a wig is super not practical. Yeah. It will just having, having flowing hair in general when you're jumping around yeah. and moving into close quarters is not practical. That's you know what that and that's the thing Joss Whedon nailed of yeah. like Buffy usually went out patrolling in a ponytail. Yeah, yep. and nobody else is wearing ponytails, and it just isn't practical. Yep. Um, I I love I love Batwoman, and I feel like this, but I feel like my love of Batwoman comes from that initial Greg Rucka run. Which was phenomenal. And Batwoman now is being written by the artist. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it is the most beautiful book on the stands. But it is obvious, like, oh, this is his first... His first rodeo! His first rodeo! Pollen. 
I think, okay. Again, I don't know. I've never heard anybody actually refer to something as the first rodeo. I think I've always referred heard it referred to as, like, this isn't their first rodeo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm flipping the switch. You are flipping the switch. And it is his first rodeo. And it's really good. Um, but also, she's also, like, a lesbian, so I feel like, yay. Right. I'm being represented, sort of. Yeah. Uh, because there are no lead gay characters anywhere, still. Really? No. I'm saying that now. I'm thinking, and I think I'm right. There are no there are no, there are no solo titles led by a gay man. Uh, at least not at the big. At, no. at least not at the uh, no. big two. No. Uh, has Batwoman always been gay? Yeah, that was her big thing. That was a, that was like Fox Newsworthy back in '08. Oh, is Whenever it, she first appeared. Oh, so Batwoman is new. Yeah, she's been around for like... Well, she's based on Kathy Kane, who right. was the Batwoman of the, like, 40s. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and then, like, they... I think during Crisis, they kind of, like, erased her from existence, and they right. just, like, never addressed her until they were like, wait a second, we have the Batwoman property that we're not even using. Right, right. Um, and then in 2008, they made her first appear, and in her first, like, one or two appearances, it was revealed that she was a lesbian, and then everyone was, of course, up in arms about that. But this is her first ongoing series. Um, she took over Detective Comics for about 12 issues two years ago. When is it set? Now. Uh, now. That was another thing. It's because of the art and the clothes and so much of it looks so, like, late 90s grunge. <laughs> yeah. She definitely does. That also comes from the the guys that draw comics. Sometimes they're comic book nerds, and I don't know how aware they are of modern that friends. was kind of my, my I looked yeah. at it and I was like, oh, okay, this is like the platonic 90s ideal of a lesbian. Yeah. That's yep. what you're writing. Yeah. That's what you're drawing. <laughs> and then also, I feel like a lot of artists, when their heroes are out of clothes, it's like, oh, well, the guys wear t-shirts and jeans and Converse. Right. And just like a plain color t-shirt. It's like a red t-shirt. They wear a red t-shirt. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. Which is why I love Runaways, because those kids dressed insane and they all have taste in clothes and yeah. they all like wear ridiculous I shit. love when a writer actually does research on current fashion yes uh, uh, I think it's fantastic I know uh, that because there's so many you know growing up in reading in the 90s everyone every female had uh, a, a button up flannel shirt that was tied at the belly so everyone could see their stomach Mm-hmm. And flesh, like, tights, or basically their legs were just uh, a different color. Yeah. Is that's how tight all of their pants were. Yeah. Or if you're in the early, early 90s, everyone's just wearing aerobics wear out like it's normal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know that Joss Whedon, when he started doing Buffy Season 8, he would send uh, Georges Ginty, the artist, uh, anthropology catalogs, like, every month. And be like, oh, that's Buff- awesome. Like, Buffy wears anthropology. Dude, there you go. When did season eight launch? Uh, two thousand seven. I love the idea that Joss was mailing him catalogs as opposed to being like, go to anthropology.com, just look it up. Oh, it might have been that. Yeah. I don't know. It might have been just <laughs> go to the website. I love that Joss was like <laughs> requesting use the website. Right. Do not use their website. I love that Joss was like requesting that anthropology be sent to his house and then forwarding them to the artist. <laughs> it just seems like it's like, dude, you're like super busy. Yeah. Also, I stop, listen, I have to dog ear the pages right. of things I think Buffy would wear and then send them to oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, wait. Can we talk about Buffy real, real briefly? So, yeah. I don't think I finished season eight. Um, I didn't love it. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Buffy Angel Sex in the Sky. 
But overall, I didn't love the arc. And I think I the title up... of that issue was "And Then They Fuck." I think I don't think title. that's the title no, of that issue. There's no way that's the title. Well, it of that was issue. it was like asterisk. Oh, I think you're yeah. right. I think you actually might be right. It's great. I still have it saved somewhere. Um, but I picked up season nine, and within the first two pages, Buffy and Willow are just hanging out naked, like. Uh, there's there's some kind of confusion. Buffy's like, I got super... The whole issue is Buffy having been drunk last night and piecing the night back together. But then they kind of play a, did Buffy and Willow sleep together for, like, a panel? And then they're like, no. And then Willow and Buffy are just hanging out, like, getting dressed. Like, it's just... it To me, it was like... Uh, it felt so, like... like um I hate to say it, but, like, little boy's fantasy. Yeah. I said little boy. <laughs> Of How? age boys fantasy age, about okay. Buffy and Willow, which I feel like for like, I know if anybody gets the benefit of the doubt from me, it's Joss, but it just felt so gratuitous and yeah. unnecessary. Like I have lots of friends who are female and we just don't hang out not wearing clothes together. <laughs> like I don't come over to your house Wait to use your shower, second. which really? is what Willow did. And okay. then, and then sit on the edge of your bed talking about the night before while I button up my shirt. No. I button up my shirt like a grown-ass person, and then I go talk to you. Yeah. Yes. It just, it felt like, and there, it's just one panel, but it felt like such a betrayal. Yeah. Of, like, sexualizing these two characters who weren't sexualized, they were just people. Yeah. And I'm sure what they were going for was, like, comfortable, but it felt so not right. Which is... It did, it, it, you know, I didn't like where they were going with that either, because to me... I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm too repressed and I don't just bang my friends whenever I'm in the mood. But, you know, uh, I just I, that, that never felt right to me. No. No. Uh, and I don't and I don't have a problem with them discovering that there's something between Buffy and Willow. I don't buy it. I don't think the seeds are there. But if that's where you want to take the characters, fine. But take them there. Don't like tease about it because you can because yeah. it's a comic book. And that's something I did not even notice, because I'm a dude. Yeah. Guys. You don't see boobs. Yeah. Well, I guess also because I'm gay and a dude, I definitely don't. <laughs> right. Get these women in clothes! <laughs> this <laughs> is oh, gross! <laughs> Paul Linden Paul and Charles Nelson Riley and Fred Schneider have arrived to clothe your women. Yeah. yeah that's what they do. That's, <laughs> that's their superpower. superpower. They act sometimes on the way to clothing women, they stop a bank robbery, yeah. but mostly they're just but driving around town. Really, they're just trying to, like, put pants on Psylocke. Right. Uh, put a trench coat on Emma Frost right. at all times. Give Wonder Woman a cardigan. Yeah. Uh, only Jim Lee's Wonder Woman, though, because Cliff Chang's Wonder Woman. She's fine. Moderate. Yeah. Very nice. Nicely done. Uh, well, I think we um, have successfully answered all of the problems about women in comics. We solved it. We solved everything. Um, this can be cited in your college theses as a, uh, authentic source of information, I think. I don't know how you yeah, cite yeah, podcasts. Yeah, I think podcasts are now an official recognized yeah. source of, uh, ac- academia. I think that's, I think that's true. Um, I, next week we are, it's Thanksgiving weekend, oh, I'm yeah. not gonna be here, so, who knows. We're still getting, we're getting the hang of this, uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm rambling, because I still don't know how to talk on podcasts. <laughs> and Nicole's just staring at me and not even throwing me a life preserver at all. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks for listening. You can follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at Brett White, B-R-E-T-T-W-H, 
I-T-E. I said eights really weird. <laughs> Eich. Eich. I turned like, Australian when or, I said H. Or a little bit like Eliza Doolittle. Yeah. <laughs> or that was also Cockney. H. H. Anyway. Now, Nicole, you are... Uh, Nicole M. Therese. But you found out that that's not how you pronounce no, it, right? No, Therese is how I've always pronounced it, but it's actually pronounced Therese. Or Therese. Okay, because I was like, wait, are none of the pronunciations the one I thought it was? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, there are two possible pronunciations, and I've been inventing a third for the last decade. <laughs> Which is I think fine. that because it's your name, you can pronounce it however you like. But yeah. it's not my name. It's a saint's name, and she gets dibs, because she died and is a saint. Yeah. If it wasn't my confirmation name, I think I could do whatever I want, but a confirmation name is taking someone else's name and making it your own. So I feel like I have to follow her yeah. little nun rules. Yeah. But make it your own. Make it your own by pronouncing it however you choose. No, Maybe no. you're the new saint, girl. I'm not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gross, Matt. That was terrible. <laughs> well, I was, I thought that was a compliment. It felt sexy. <laughs> yeah. Saints are sexy. This it certainly gross. was not. And you can follow Matt on Twitter at... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Little because I'm arrogant. Well, was Matt Little also taken? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, okay. Um, tweet at us if you listen to this. And... Yeah, let us know if you have any thoughts, uh, suggestions, um... Things you thought worked, things that didn't, uh, books you think we should read, whatever. Yeah. We'd love to hear about it. Because as evidenced by this episode, we're not strictly going to go by the... We're going to talk about the comics that came out on Wednesday every week. Right. Um, we're, we are... We're variable, guys. We swing all the ways. I hate myself. Um, okay. Wait, wait, wait. I got yelled at. I got yelled at for saying, yeah, after we said Nicole was a saint. <laughs> and then Brett says, I swing all ways in a weird, sexy voice. And Nicole says nothing. Yeah. Because I'm actually watching him fall apart in front of me, Matt. <laughs> like, I couldn't, like, I can't, I can't attack right now because I'm watching a man on the verge of a nervous breakdown floundering. <laughs> floundering as he desperately hopes somebody somewhere ends this podcast because he can't do it on his own. Okay. Uh, well then, it's all over. 